This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Bustin' Loose Baseball, hosted by Grant Paulson and Toby Altizer, gives you in-depth analytics and interviews on everything baseball in the nation's capital. Now, here's your host. Grant Paulson and Toby Altizer. With Toby Altizer, I'm Grant Paulson, producer Darius Dammer, making everything sound good. This is Boston Loose Baseball, episode 88, and. It's sad to say it, Toby. It stinks because now it's time to walk into the desert and look for water for a few months. The Washington Nationals 2023 season has come to an end. No more baseball until the spring. It's crazy that we're already here, Grant, because it feels like it just started. It feels like it wasn't that long ago that we were just getting ramped up for baseball. It feels like it wasn't that long ago you were out in Seattle for the All-Star game. And now we're here. It's the season's over. We're into playoff baseball mode. Obviously, the Nationals aren't there, but I know we talked about this a couple of pods ago. I really wanted to see them get to that 70 win mark, and they did it. And I'm so happy about that because I feel like in a couple seasons from now, depending upon where the Nationals are at, we can look back at this season and say, oh, 71 wins compared to what they had last season. That was a huge step forward. And I mean, if they have the same type of growth that they did from last year to this year, they'll be potentially a playoff ball club next year. So it was a huge jump for them. Huge, just an encouraging season for the team. If I had to choose one word to describe the the team this year, it'd be encouraging because you just saw so many things going in the right direction. And to see a 71 in the win column when some people still thought this was a hundred loss team, that clearly wasn't the case this year. They played some really good baseball at times. They still weren't a good baseball team by any stretch. A team that finishes 20 games under 500 isn't a good baseball team, but they showed growth, and not just even in the young guys. I think the team as a whole showed some growth. So I'm excited for what 2024 holds, but it's just crazy we're already at the point where the season is finished. Who says that the 2023 Nationals weren't going to play October baseball? October 1st, they got to win, man. (laughs) Undefeated in October, no less. I told you this team was built for October. Um, no, but, but seriously, I mean, like, September was tough. It, it goes without saying. I think they ran out of some gas. The clock strike midnight, midnight a little bit. They went 8-18 and 18 in September, which ended up being their worst month of the season after they'd gone about 500 in July, and then 17-11 and 11 in August, which was far and away their best month. Uh, but if you look at this thing from a 10,000-foot you know, view, if you will, Uh, In the first half before the All-Star break, they played 420 baseball. In the second half after the break, they played basically 460 baseball. They were 37 and 44. You mentioned 71 wins, 91 losses. Look, if if you just kind of came out of a time machine right before opening day and didn't know what the expectations were or anything about the team, you're not excited about that. That's not impressive. In fact, that's downright disappointing, Uh, except that, 
that's a 16 game improvement from last year. Like realistically, what was the expectation? I mean, they went and got Trevor Williams in the rotation. They got Jamer Candelario got traded at the deadline and Dominic Smith, a good defensive first baseman who doesn't hit for much power. And they basically said, let's run this damn thing back. I mean, so I, I don't know, you know, why anyone would have really anticipated a massive improvement. I know I sure didn't. If you would have told me coming into the year, 100 losses again, you know, 95 losses, I would have said, okay, yeah, that makes sense. You got to spend money. You got to add talent to improve. They didn't do those things this offseason. Uh, the, the ownership still didn't engage financially in that way. And so unless you were having a bunch of guys come up from the minor leagues to help you a lot, it was going to take major leaps forward from the guys at the big league level to, to get to 71 and 91. And not only did that happen to an extent, but also they did get more production out of some of their like lower ranked prospects in the system that got there first, who we talk about all the time that Jacob young, Jake Irvin, Jake Alou. Why is everyone named Jake, by the way, have we talked about that? <laughs> um, you know, that tier of player essentially. So uh, the 16 game improvement kind of speaks to, to the whole thing for me. Uh, and then I'll, I'll say this lastly, we don't need to go through the specifics of one game to game 162, but it was it was the epitome of this Nationals team where all year long they had a trend where they scored early a lot. But on top of that, it was your gritty, scrappy kind of one last ride with this team that was just so fun to watch all year long where they need to come back from five runs down and they do it. They get big late runs. They end up winning 10 to nine over the Braves like it was the, the embodiment of the 2023 Nationals to get them to 16 games better than they were last year. Yeah, and I think that stretch that they played coming out of the All-Star break, really up until they hit the wall at the beginning of September, I think that stretch might be really help for this, helpful for this ball club. And the reason being is a lot of these guys haven't played a full 162, so that's a nice experience in September. But they started playing winning baseball. I believe during that stretch they were above 500 or they were right around it. And so not only were these guys getting the full grind of a long summer of playing baseball every single day, but they were also starting to experience what it was like to put together wins and play for a team that was playing some meaningful baseball. They were never going to be a wild card contender. They were never going to compete in the NL East, but they started to play really good baseball and beat some teams that were above 500 teams that were fighting for playoff spots themselves. So, you know, going into next season, guys like C.J. Abrams, guys like Kbert Ruiz, Josiah Gray, Mackenzie Gore, those guys that are young, that are still relatively new to the big leagues, they've played some, it's not crazy meaningful baseball. It's not like they were playing into September for a playoff spot, but they were playing some good baseball against some good ball clubs and finding some success. So I feel like they might have found something just during that little bit of stretch that they can build off of going into next year. I think that's fair. Uh, also, I like that they, Marlins notwithstanding, I'll get to that in a second, but they kind of held their own against the teams coming into the season that we thought would be the better teams in the division, right? I mean, Atlanta was the the team, they, they were worst against five and eight. Uh, but, you know, you just look at the, the series they just played, you know, in these kind of, irrelevant games playing out the string here you flip one of those you're six and seven a game from 500 they were six and seven against philly they were six uh and seven against the new york mets I'm, again i'm not saying that's that's something to write home about but my point is you know that's a 462 clip um that's better than they were for the season at 71 and 91 so uh those the mets didn't end up being good but the braves are going to the playoffs the phillies are going to the playoffs coming into the year early in the year when they were playing the mets 
the expectations for them were obviously a lot higher. Uh, and the, the bugaboo really was the Marlins, which is confounding to me. Obviously, Miami eventually got it together, and they went 18-9 and nine going into the final day of the season in, uh, in September and completely turned their year around. And it's a pretty incredible story that Kim Ng, the uh, general manager of the Marlins, brings in Josh Bell, our old friend, and Jake Berger, and they get right in the second half. But they can thank the Nats for making the playoffs. I mean, that was <laughs> arguably the most maddening thing about the whole season for me was 2-11 and 11 against Miami. So if, if you just go, you know, let's just give you 6-7 and seven there. And, it, you know, there, there's 75 wins right there. You're, you're now, you know, 20 games better than you were. And I know it doesn't work that way. But I guess my point is it, it was much more competitive within the division. They got better in a lot of areas where I think, you know, um, you're playing tight and close games. So you think about it in one run games this year, they were 28 and 21, seven over 500, which is really, you know, 571 winning percentage, but well above average in baseball. The uh, record for them in, in extra inning games this year was six and two. Uh, that, that was good to see. So like some of those things where it comes down to you're playing tight, you're playing close games. Like how does this work? Uh, I think those were all encouraging signs. Yeah, and then the other thing off of that is the fact that for Nationals fans, you know, usually you go through a rebuild and it's sometimes a little bit murky waters. And that's kind of how it felt going into the season where you're like, how long is it before we're talking about winning baseball? You're coming off 2019. It wasn't that long ago. You're only a couple of years removed from that. And now you're sitting here like, man, are we going to be stuck in this rebuild for a long time? And then as this season went on, you start to see some of the guys in the minors start catching stride. And so you're looking at something now where maybe one more season of this sort of a thing where we're not necessarily looking at the win-loss column and we're kind of looking at the development of the players. And, you know, if you're if the guys that are young that are developing have a good game, but you still lose the ball game four to three, it's not that big of a deal. Really, we might only have one, maybe a year and a half left of that, Grant. Like this is a ball club that realistically you should start seeing some of these top prospects come up at points next season. So you would think that maybe you can deal with some growth next year, but by 2025, this is a ball club that we should get back to doing what we were doing when the nationals were a good ball club, where we're breaking down pitching decisions. We're breaking down wins and losses. We're getting on this team and covering them a little more strictly and a little harder on them. So it's a good thing for nationals fans and also for the nationals players with you coming out here and winning 71 games in a year that. The expectations were quite low. You've raised them a bit. So this means that next year you can't come out and play flat and only win 65 games. That's going to be a disappointment. You've raised the expectations, which is a good thing. You want that, but that also means you need to back it up. That means you can't go back to playing poor defense behind your pitchers. That means you can't go back to making bad decisions in the field and having errors and putting together bad ABs. You need to come up, show more growth, and I think they will but you've added some expectations to next season. And I think that's a really good thing for the ball club. Well, to that point, I'll actually go one step further. I think it's fair to say that, um, you know, you, you, you got to go 500 probably next year, realistically, right? That would be a six game improvement in a season where you're going to be calling up almost certainly James Wood, Dylan Cruz. And I won't go through the whole list and rattle them off now, but the, the theme of next year is going to be graduations debuts of, of high-end prospects you know, every couple of homestands we're going to be flocking to the yard to see the next good nationals prospect uh, make their first 
uh, appearance at Nationals Park in front of the home crowd. It's it's going to be a really fun summer, you know. But when you make the leap now, sixteen wins to seventy five. Next stops five hundred, and and theoretically it's a staircase, right? I know it's not linear, but you should be better next year, and then the year after that you should be vying truly for another seven eight win improvement, and that's the wild card, you know, postseason type stuff. So I think it was the kind of year for them that gives you that feeling and that trajectory especially in the system where they made so many major strides. 